Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it, we keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Welcome back to Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Amy Davison. And I'm Hillary Ferrer. And we have switched up, if you haven't noticed so far, <laughs> uh, our little intro because we've got something really fun planned. You are here for history. This podcast is the 50th podcast that Mama Bear Apologetics has put out. So yay! We're like clapping in sign language. That's a big deal. Yes. Yeah, I know. We need our little clapping machine to make it sound like we've got this like awesome studio audience. It's like a big fan. Oh, that would be so great. You and me hooping and hollering. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so this is so fun because we thought that for this 50th sort of, not really an anniversary, but uh, I guess the anniversary of the first podcast it's, coming out. That It's just a landmark. It we'll is. For this landmark podcast, because you only hit 50 once. What did you call it? The, the bicentennial. The bicentennial. <laughs> I think that's what that is. <laughs> I'm mad as hard. Sure, I'll run with it. Yeah, that. let's go with it. Cool. So we wanted to basically just give you a little bit of history on Mama Bear. I wanted to spend some time and ask Hillary just some questions for those of you. And I know that Hillary, you've probably discussed this on a couple other podcasts with other folks. And so I thought it would be really fun for all of our listeners to be able to get to know you, the ministry, the method behind the madness. You know, I thought it would be just fun to do that for our little, our little milestone hit. So I've got to ask... Oh. You brought that up that like, you know, like all, there's all this stuff that I've done for other people's yeah. podcasts and interviews. And it's like, I've never actually talked to our own audience about how all this got started. So yes. Okay. Interview me. Yes. Okay. So Hillary, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your family, what you do. Let's give a little insight into who is Hillary Morgan Ferrer. Well, golly, Hillary Morgan Ferrer is just <laughs> such a complex individual. So complex. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. I just, I like, and it's interesting referring to myself in the third person. So for me and my family, for those of you who haven't read the book, I run Mama Bear Apologetics. I started Mama Bear Apologetics and I do not have children. Mm. So I guess that's the first thing to know. Like we should have like ding fun facts about Hillary does not have children. And um, that's one that people have, have really resonated with, even on the, on the single side of things is I remember that coming up on Instagram, like this gal just totally loving that you have this heart for ministry that you don't actually have kids yourself, but you're sort of the mama bear of the mama bears. Yes, yes. And actually that's what people have, uh, you know, I'm the mom, mama, yeah, the mama bear of the mama bears mm -hmm. basically. So I remember there was, I, I can't remember if it was Instagram or Twitter. There, It might've been Instagram. It was the, it was the first time that I finally felt, okay, I'm accepted by this community. <laughs> Where some, because I, I've been expecting this whole time for people to be like, don't listen to her. She doesn't have kids. Like, what does she think she's doing? I've been, I've been expecting for people to reject me this whole time. And there was some person on Instagram who said, you know, let me tell you about this girl's ministry. First off, she doesn't have kids. And I thought, oh goodness, here it comes. 
she says, and we need to have a thousand more like her. Yay, one of us, and I, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I practically started crying. I was just Aww. like, oh my gosh, someone gets it. And, <laughs> and the fact that people were like, yeah, amen. I was like, you know what? That's been the enemy this whole time telling me people were going to reject me for that. So, yeah. you know, screw you. It's not happening. And I'm proudly the mama bear of the mama bears. Well, and I think that can kind of be a bit of a, a ministry obstacle is And I know this is out there because I've seen it firsthand is people think that you have to be within a certain demographic to minister to that demographic. And so, you know, you're kind of breaking that apart and saying, no, that's not the case. You can have giftings where you may not have, you know, the little people around to, uh, to directly pour into. Well, that's kind of the thing is I don't think there's a lot of other ministries that it could have gotten up and going if they had a bunch of kids. I I have a unique position, and that was kind of what I felt the Lord pressing on my heart at the very beginning is that the thing that I have that other moms don't have is time, time to research. (laughs) Yes. I have something unique that I wouldn't have if I were to have my own children. So I've learned that kind of mama bear is my child in a sense. This is where I pour into. This is who I'm molding and growing and you know, learning for and stuff like that. So my husband actually is also an apologist and he has his MDiv in apologetics from SES and a THM and PhD in philosophy of religion. Wow. So as you would expect, he is now making windows. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, isn't it? Oh yeah. And, and so it was kind of funny every time when my grandmother was kind of in her more senile years and we would go visit her, she would say the same thing every time that we visited her. I'd have to introduce her to John again and oh, he's getting his PhD and she'd look impressed for a second. And then she'd say, what is it, what is it in? And y'all can't see my face, so you, you won't be able to get the full impact of this, but Amy can see it. And every single time we were like, wait for it, uh, we'd say, oh, philosophy of religion. And she'd do this. Well, that's practical. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's a grandma thing, because I know when I told my grandma that, you know, I was going to school, she was like, oh, is that what you're going to do? More school? You know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Golly. Yep. So anyway, so he is, I, I don't think Mama Bear would have gotten up and going had I not had someone to really, at the very beginning, re- put like all my articles by, all my podcasts, all, all everything to listen, to watch and say, hey, you know, are we misspeaking on anything? Mm. And it was, you know, every now and then he would point out something. But for the most part, he was able to say, no, these are these are good ideas. And I think that's how I built my confidence to say, okay, we actually have something to say. I have something to say. Yeah. And uh, I'm not completely, you know, botching it. So yeah. <laughs> so let's roll with this. But I come from a family, John talks about how I did not fall far from the tree from either my mother or my father. My mother, she and I have similar personalities, kind of temperaments. But my father is just like me in the sense that we love learning. Like mm. my father's teaching himself multivariable calculus right now Oof. just for fun. Learning. She said that was fun. (laughs) I know. I know. He he enjoys that kind of stuff. He loves learning for the sake of learning. Mm. So John tells me, "Well, you you came about it honestly." I just come from a family where learning for the sake of learning was really important, Mm -hmm. and it's something that I love. And like I was kind of joking around with John the other day. I was like, "For someone who doesn't really enjoy reading, I read a lot." Yeah. When people hear that I don't totally enjoy reading, and I'm not, I'm not counting like fiction. I can tear me up some fiction, although I don't very often. But I love learning. Mm-hmm. Because I love learning, I will read. But that's not my favorite way to learn. So another ding, fun fact, Hillary doesn't <laughs> actually fact. love reading. <laughs> no, that's great. That's super encouraging, too, because there, you know, sometimes you think that, oh, that's the only way to go. And, and there are other ways of, of learning and getting around. But man, sometimes with ministries, you do. You do have to muscle under 
under the books and be like, no, this is what I got to do to, to really grow. So yeah, so it's awesome, especially for Mama Bear to have other resources available. And, you know, Mama Bear has been able to go to several conferences and that sort of thing. So those auditory learners, you know, we're right there. Mm-hmm. We're right there with you folks. So I've got to say, how did, how did you get into apologetics? Because you didn't start out wanting to go to school for that. You actually kind of had a completely different path. Well, I, it's interesting. I think I actually did start out, if I had known that there was a degree for apologetics, I probably would have done it a lot earlier because I got into apologetics when I was 12. Really? Yeah. See, Come on, woman. Haven't you read the first chapter of the Mama Bear book? Well, I have to feign interest. I mean, this has to be dynamic. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. Yes, yes. Yes. So, okay. For those who haven't read the first chapter of the Mama Bear book, I was introduced to apologetics at age 12, and it was just this light bulb moment in my walk of where I switched from just having a blind faith and, and believing because that's what I was supposed to do. And I, and I really truly did believe, but I didn't have reasons. And I think one of the things is since I was raised in a Christian household, I didn't know how to talk to non-Christians because I had never gone through that process of going from darkness to light. It's like I'd felt the Lord's calling on me from a very young age. I cannot remember ever not just feeling like, you know, the Lord and I, you know, we knew each other deeply. And so I didn't know how to talk to people who didn't know the Lord because that was so far outside of my experience. But once I learned apologetics, all of a sudden this gave me a way to talk with people who didn't necessarily believe what I believed because it was things that you could talk about that weren't a, a matter of faith, but were a matter of, let's talk about these ideas and whether or not they can be supported. And when I saw, wow, there really is no other explanation for the resurrection. I would say that was the turning point in my life that no matter what I have gone through in my life, that that education that I got when I was 12 of, I can't explain away the resurrection as anything else. Every single other hypothesis falls flat. That has been the bedrock that I place my faith in. And I think that's what our faith is supposed to be placed in, not some feeling, not some you know, this is what we did in church, but the true, unmistakable, undeniable fact of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And if that's true, then I need to change my life to be shaped around that. I have always felt like I would have to check my brain at the door to to walk away from Christianity. And there's not a lot of people that, that can have that testimony. And I'm really thankful that I do. So you would say that apologetics in the sense of affecting and sort of shaping your faith, it strengthened it because you you had the faith from the beginning, but apologetics mm-hmm. just, it was that nutrients that drove your roots deeper. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about the definition of faith from Hebrews, is it 11.1, 1, where it says faith is being sure yep. of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Of course, different translations say that differently. Mm-hmm. So anything that makes me more sure and more certain increases my faith. This idea that, you know, the more knowledge we have, the more we take away faith as if Faith is just this mystical thing where you believe and despite the evidence. That's yeah. just a bogus definition of faith. When something makes me more confident about my faith, that increases my faith. And so in that sense, apologetics is the bedrock of my faith because it's the bedrock yeah, in right. Jesus's life, death, and resurrection is the bedrock of my faith. But apologetics is what makes me more sure, more mm-hmm. certain, and more confident of that where I'm willing to undergo trials and tribulations and suffering and people making fun of me and being attacked by atheists and sometimes being attacked by Christians. I'm willing to go through all that because I'm staking my life on something I believe is true, not something that's fun. Yeah. No, and that's awesome. And that's one of those things that I'm sure you've experienced with your faith. I know I have as well as 
you know, when you start making that transition into really starting to understand these concepts, it's exciting. I mean, you get fired up like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. This is, this is so great. I know I didn't come to apologetics or know about apologetics until gosh, quite a bit older than you were. And so it was one of those things to where when I realized there were answers to these questions, it was like, you couldn't get enough of it. So it's almost like a switch gets flipped yeah. and your intellectual faith all mm-hmm. of a sudden gets turned on in a way that it wasn't before. Beforehand, you know, it was loving God with all your heart, maybe, and all mm-hmm. your strength, but I had not been loving God with all my mind yet. And yeah. once that switch gets flipped, whew, yeah, all I can do is hiccup. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> That's how exciting it is. No, it is. It's like when the light gets flipped on, you see this hallway and it just branches off in all this direction. It's just so exciting. You want to get down there. So with that being said, you know, I know we have a lot of folks who are just starting out at studying apologetics. So for you, what have been some resources, podcasts, that sort of thing that you even today go to and listen to, and it just really helps either hold you accountable or inspire you? What are some of your favorites? I would say the two books that really laid the foundation for for everything. One of them would be J.P. Moreland's Loving God with All Your Mind. And the other one would be C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. I think between those two, it's almost like the scaffolding that everything else connects to. That if you don't have that kind of scaffold of why are we doing what we're doing? Why is the mind important? And then what are some of the basic logical reasoning? What's How do you think well to begin with to where I can even begin that journey? I think those two have been some of the most important ones. And then I think, honestly, all my other study that I do... I just worship through learning. So I remember when I was going through my master's in biology, and what I found was there were so many spiritual parallels to everything going on in the physical world. So every time I was learning about stuff in the physical world, my brain was translating into this, how does this work in the spiritual realm? What are some of the spiritual principles that this is mirroring? And I remember just stopping and worshiping so many times. And now that I'm I'm working on the Masters in apologetics, I'm having the same experience as I'm learning theology and I'm learning, especially like really the the details of how this all works together. It's reminding me exactly of biology. You're seeing how everything works together and how this was so beautifully orchestrated. I mean, just the idea of Christ substitution, the way that the Old Testament is priming us to understand what a substitutionary atonement is. And then understanding why Jesus had to be fully God and fully man and why why he had to die and why, you know, all, all these different details. And so I find myself worshiping there because sometimes I get convicted that, oh, wow, that's a truth that I haven't put enough focus on. So this is kind of a random one. I just read the book, Pierced for Our Transgressions, for one of my classes. It's all about something called penal substitution, meaning penal meaning punishment, substitution meaning Christ was the substitute for our punishment. And one of the things that it was really explaining is how the wrath and the love of God go together. Because it's like we sometimes try to be God's PR department and like, oh, well, that wrath thing, God's wrath, that's not, you know, let's just downplay that. And I got really convicted that, man, I have ignored the fact that God's wrath and His love go together in a way that true biblical justice can only exist with both of those. And we can't get rid of either of them. And even though it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about God's wrath, we can't ignore it because the Bible doesn't ignore it. So it it just brings that godly conviction, just any kind of studying to me. Studying for studying's sake is dumb. Well, it's not dumb. I'm I'm sure it still has a purpose, but I think our purpose is to be refined, to be more like Christ and to understand the God that we worship more. And for that reason, I find that, yeah, that's just 
one of my things I kind of need to be forced. Like I said, since I don't really enjoy reading, I think I kind of put myself through the torture of just keep going to school because that's the only way to get me to do something that I wouldn't normally want to do is to have outside reinforcement forcing me to do it. But it's so worth it because I love the way that I can love God more the more I understand Him. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love that. And it, it makes so much sense, too, because I've always thought of studying and worship. It's it's almost like music. I mean, how it starts out, you know, our faith sometimes starts out, I don't want to say small as an in insignificant, but it does kind of start out small and just there. It's, it, it's like a song that starts off with just a violin. And then all of a sudden you have the whole orchestra comes together with all the stuff. And it, it is. It's beautiful. And the pursuit of that beauty is so worth it. Good analogy. So one of the, one thing is now that we're, we're at this great milestone. So I've got to ask what have been some of the major milestones? Cause I haven't been with mama bear from the beginning, but what have been some of the major milestones that, that mama bear has hit Mm -hmm. over this, what, three, four years? No, I think it's been five years. Five years. years. Okay. And we're coming up on a year for the book too, folks. So if you haven't gotten the book, I mean, what better way to celebrate the 50th podcast than to get the book? So absolutely. absolutely. So what are, what are some of these great milestones that Mama Bear has hit? Okay. So after, you know, kind of getting the idea and stuff, the, the milestone, I think that was the first one that really needed to happen was figuring out how to podcast. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) That took us forever because so it started out with just uh, Rebecca and uh, Revolarius and I, and we started out with the software that came with the microphone, and it turned out that that was really confusing and hard to use. But then we were faced with the fact that we had like three or four episodes recorded on this software, and we didn't know how to translate it over into the new software we were using that was easy to use, and so. That took us at least six months until finally there was actually a guy that I met at a conference who was basically like crying out to this conference panel to explain genetics to him. And they were all philosophers. So I'm going to go talk to him. His name was uh, Victor Torres. And he is a music or he was a music major at University of North Texas. And so I just had some conversations on Facebook with him about genetics to help him understand because he was saying, you know, if I don't understand this, if evolution is true, I have to walk away from the faith. I, I, you know, he, mm. what a beautiful conviction for truth. And so after just having some time with him where I basically was able to answer a lot of his questions in a satisfactory manner, I just started asking, hey, could you help us with this? And he just, boom, made it happen. That's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Once that happened, we could start podcasting. And we had learned enough on how to do it. We just didn't know how to transfer that. So I would say that was the first big one. The second big one was when I realized how difficult editing the podcasts were. I was doing it myself. I was doing everything myself. I was planning the podcast. I was, you know, recording them with Rebecca and then I was editing them and then I was making the podcast notes and then I was having to upload them. I was doing everything. Oh, wow. And I got to this moment where I said, I can't do this. And so I, I remember this day so vividly. John and I were working for Bill Dembski and we were in this office up here in Pella and my kind of office space was in the middle because I was sort of the office manager or whatever. But no, everybody else was in their offices. And I just got this overwhelming feeling like I just need to pray. I was just getting bitter that I'm not going to be able to keep this up. Mm. So I just went and laid down on our beautiful rug that I had found and on my face in the office and just prayed, Lord, I need help. And I immediately got this overwhelming sense, go post something on CAA. Hmm. And for those who don't know what CAA is, it's the Christian Apologetics Alliance. It's on Facebook. And I thought, surely that's not what the Lord's saying, but it was just incessant 
post something on CAA, post mm-hmm. something on CAA. So I went and I just randomly said, hey, starting this ministry, having a hard time with editing. Is there anyone who'd be interested in ed- editing editing this? And boom, like within five minutes, Jeremiah Richardson responded. Aw, we love you, Jeremiah. We love Jeremiah. And so I thought, and he was like, I'll do it. This I'll, I'll use this as my ministry. And I thought, well, well, we'll see if he actually follows through. Our ministry would not be going if it weren't for Jeremiah. He took that burden off my shoulders and he has been faithful for the last, you know, four years in that. And in exchange, we pray for him and his family. <laughs> but it was, he was on at that exact moment. He had the skills to do it. And so I would say that when we had someone else editing, that's when we could start doing the podcast. So I would say that was another major milestone. And then probably the third big one that everybody knows about now is the book. So the way people say, you know, even my husband, he's like, okay, so how do you go about making this happen? And yeah. He knows now. If you want to know about how to go about getting a book deal, do not ask me. Because <laughs> I still don't know how it happened. <laughs> the way that it happened is not the way it normally happened. I was actually working on a different book that I had on my heart. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who had just published with Harvest House. And he looked at her and said, so what can you tell me about Mama Bear Apologetics? And she said, oh, that's my friend Hillary. Uh, in fact, she's working on a book proposal. And so basically, they asked us for the book proposal. Wow. Or asked me. And I, I decided from the get-go, I want this to be a group project because I feel like Mama Bear, the, the whole thing about Mama Bear is that we are, we're in this together. We're working together. I don't want it just to be me. So basically, they came to us for the book. And I had no vision, no vision. And this is one of the funny things. I had no vision for the Mama Bear book at all. I had another book that I wanted that I pitched. And they said, that would make a great second. No. <laughs> and as soon as they said that, I thought they want a mama bear book mm-hmm. first. <laughs> yeah. But I've been so pleased that the Lord has been faithful that even though I had no vision for it, that book turned out so much better. And I love that book. In fact, all the other contributors, like Hillary Short and I have talked about this, and even Elisa Childers, it's like every time we go back and we read it, we're like, dang, this is good. This is yeah. so good. How did we do that? Um, <laughs> I know. Seriously, how do we do that? And I think it was just following the Lord's promptings on that to where I'm like, okay, what what do you want us to do? And just kind of marinating and what's going on in culture, what needs to be asked, what hasn't been answered before in books, and how can we present this in a new way? And so that was like the big milestone where I think we really took off. And so from that, we've got something coming up. So getting all the mama bears ready uh, that we're going to be going through a rebranding soon. We have had some from the book and from the success of the book, we have had someone that has basically offered to help with some of, they call it our pain points. And some of our pain points was the website and the podcast and all the work that takes into it. Mm. And so they're actually sponsoring us for two full seasons of the podcast and helping basically do a whole rebranding of the website because everything we've done has been whatever I can do. (laughs) You know, I've gotten... I've gotten help along the way, but I am not a website guru in the slightest. So yeah, that's going to be coming up. We're going to be having a rebranding, hopefully getting things more, auto- not automated in a bad way, but basically we've been doing Streamlined. I think that's... Yeah, streamlined. Yeah. We haven't known the heck what we were doing. And so having someone who does know the heck what they're doing and telling us, hey, this is how to do this and this is how to make it more consistent. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of work. Oh, and I haven't announced this. I haven't even announced this on Facebook. Woo-hoo. We just signed another two book contract. Oh my gosh, y'all. This is going to be so exciting. I hope you're pumped. So can you give a little sneak peek or do we got to keep this kind of a to be continued cliffhanger? It's a, 
to be continued cliffhanger. We can't really share a lot of the details right now. At least that's what the, what's the word? The recommendation mm, always is. Yes. But I can tell you that Amy will be co-writing this next book with me. Um, so and excited. then we have a third book after that that we have planned. But, oh, and I call it a two and a half book. We also got a contract for doing a Mama Bear, the Mama Bear Apologetics study guide. So that's going to be coming out as well. So lots of, lots of cool stuff happening with that. And then the rebrand and Good grief. I know. All sorts, of, all sorts of great stuff happening. So much. And, you know, and it's so funny. Every time you say rebrand, I think of all like those movies we watched when we were kids, you know, where it's like the nerdy girl and all of a sudden she gets the makeover. Like that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of like what's happening. Like you have this amazing thing, but you know, just a little bit of polishing, you know, take off the glasses. All of a sudden she's gorgeous, you know. All you got to do is take off the glasses, get rid of the bangs. Who? Have we learned nothing? See, oh man, bangs. They are just, they're always a bad idea. So, <laughs> so, okay. I've got to ask you, was, uh, normally I would jump into to prayer requests there, but I, I think that this would be kind of fun. So I, I don't know about any of our listeners out there, but I love wacky trivia. Like I'm the person on IMDb looking up all the backstories on the movie. Like, oh, did you know that Brad Pitt did, you know, whatever. And uh, oh, I totally do that. <laughs> I totally do that. Yes. And fun fact, I have my own IMDb entry. What? Nah. For uh, an independent film that I did makeup for back uh, in my 20s. So yeah, Hillary Morgan on there for some doing makeup for something. That's me. That is so cool. And you're good at makeup. You did my makeup once, which was oh, yeah, that's right. which was so fun because I had all of like one blush, one brush that I use for everything. And you're like, <laughs> don't you have another brush for... And I was like, you have more than one brush? <laughs> oh, I was special. But I have to ask, uh, what is what is something, something that surprised you with this ministry? Maybe some sort of funny thing that happened or what's something that when you sort of reminisce about the startup of Mama Bear, what's something that you're just like, oh my gosh, that was great. Or that was super cringy. What a good question. I'm trying, I've been so surprised. It's like, I thought it was going to do well, but I remember when Rebecca and I were starting this, we had this mantra of, even if we only ever reach five women, we are going to do all this for those five women. Yeah. So it, it would suffice it to say we've reached more than five. Uh, <laughs> and I think just seeing the pent up need mm. for this yeah. of how many women, actually the biggest surprise to me is how, how much support we have for men. Our book sales, when I got some of the, the inner, they, they have like demographics of who's buying the book. It was about 60, 40 women to men. Wow. So, mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so I guess that that's been one of the big surprises. And just also I think the number of grandparents that have gotten into it. Yeah. I wasn't really thinking, hey, let's aim it towards grandparents, but we have had so many grandparents get involved. I think some of the weirdest moments were like the first time someone wanted to get their picture taken with me. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with my hands? I know, exactly. And so actually I was like, ooh, I want to get a picture too. So I was like, it's our first fan. Oh. Um <laughs> And I and I still remember that. And it was at the Stand to Reason conference, Rethink conference oh, was yeah. in Dallas several years ago that we had someone, no, oh, can I get your picture taken? And like, it still has, I kind of grew up like with people not listening to me, mm. not as much in my family, but within my peer groups. Like it would be one of those things where group project, I have this idea, I have this idea and mm -hmm. I keep saying it and I keep saying it until someone else says it. And then everybody's like, Ooh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So it's like, I'm kind of used to not being listened to mm. uh, and suddenly being kind of thrust into this place where people are listening to me. It's been a very new experience and I've had to make sure that I really watch what I say because people take what I say very seriously. And I mean, that's why scripture says that teachers are called to a higher standard, mm -hmm. but it's like, I almost kind of just needed my niche there. So things have been very different, I guess, with that. 
the years of rejection that I experienced <laughs> have cultivated a humility in me that allows me to carry the, the, the burden of being a public figure, which I think I really needed those years of rejection mm. in order to make me realize, hey, I ain't the brains in this operation. That would be God. <laughs> and it cultivates an amazing sense of humor that uh, comes out so well in the writing, which I think is kind of a great way too that it is able to reach guys because you and me were kind of similar in personality. We had more guy friends mm-hmm. than we did girlfriends. Yes. And guys are easy. <laughs> like if you make them laugh and maybe if you bring something that you bake, like you're BFFs. And so it's what I love about the Mama Bear book is it is so accessible. It's not just in the mommy niche. It is you know, parents in general, it's youth ministry. It's if you somehow pour into a child in any way, shape or form, this book is so relevant to you, not only for your own spiritual growth, but the practicality side of things of how to make it easily accessible to others, which, you know, really resonates. It doesn't matter, you know, guy, girl, parent, grandparent, babysitter, you know, it resonates with all of that demographic, which is so great. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed and and like, I don't know how much I want to call out my community here, but well, I'll go ahead and say it. Sometimes within the apologetics community, it feels like people are trying to impress each other. Ah. They're asking a question, but they're asking the question in the most complicated way Mm. possible to show that they know all the jargon, they know all the lingo, and they know all the ins and outs. And, you know, this is a really intelligent question. And I think one of the things I've aimed to do with Mama Bear is we're not aiming to impress anybody. In fact, a lot of people who would try to be impressed or like really don't care about what's going on with Mama Bear apologetics because, you know, it's really easy. Yeah. And it's successful. I try to explain things the way that I did back when I worked as a teacher for kids with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. Like how is a how can I get this in the most understandable way possible, preferably with a little bit of humor and not trying you know, just kind of laughing at ourselves for you know whenever we do have to use a big word, let's kind of laugh at ourselves over it and be like, "Ooh, so we're talking about penal substitution, <laughs> you know." I was uh, in my word of the day email. Oh, totally. I mean, I just dropped that. Oh, I was reading, you know, Sultanisen's The Gulag Archipelago, you know. Okay, you had to like, practice these- that one. <laughs> that was um, impressive. There's a joke from Clay Jones where it's one of his classes. He's talking about the uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn Gulag Archipelago. And he said, you need to just drop that in conversation. Yeah, just toss it out there. Just to sound good. (laughs) See everybody's Uh, face like, what? I know. Like, ooh, they're smart. It's kind of a game. And I think this is actually where women kind of are. Let's see where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can get people to understand that instead of trying to get people to see how smart we are. Not that I'm saying everybody does that, but we'll say that some people do it. And so I think I've tried to avoid that as much as possible. Hoorah. So with that being said, you've already given us a little taste into what's coming for the ministry and the future, but is there anything sort of else you want to toss in there before we ask about, well, and actually maybe we should shift into this because we did kind of cover and we did say that, you know, we kind of got to keep things hush hush for the time being, but with every ministry and with anything, job, project, whatever, whenever there's growth, growth is amazing, but growth also mm. means that there's new needs. You know, your your little one, when they're developing, they don't need a whole lot. Your 12-year-old all of a sudden needs so much more than what they did. And so <laughs> I've got to ask, what are some needs that the ministry has right now that maybe some of our listeners are fully equipped and ready to help out with, or just maybe even to be in prayer about? What has Mama Bear got on the menu? Well, one of the things that we're working on putting together right now is a prayer team, because uh, if we learned anything from the first book, it's that the enemy does not like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the amount of spiritual attack that came from that uh, and just 
oh God, I can't even go into it, was just insane. And so I'm realizing as we're embarking on these next books, we really, and, and just as we're growing as a ministry, we need prayer. Yeah. So I've got two amazing girls. Uh, girls, they're women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I call everybody girls. Uh, Julie Lose, who was contributor for the first book, Doing the Prayers, and another one, Rebecca Dykeman, who has been involved with the uh, with Mama Bear for a while, are going to be putting together a prayer team so that we can be disseminating some of these prayer requests. I would say that's coming down the pike. But one of the things that it's like I hate talking about, honestly, I think the reason I hate talking about it is because I don't totally know how. Mm. I started this as a ministry when my husband and I were gainfully employed. The business we were working for got sold. Everybody was laid off who was a duplicate or redundant employee. And people think it's like they see the amount of content that we put out. And I don't think they realize how we are almost entirely volunteer-based, including myself. There is not a single person in Mama Bear that makes more than $500 a month. And that's sometimes for full-time work. So we have not gone out of our way to really focus on fundraising. So this is probably one of the things that we're reaching a limit to what we can do and the number of things that we can juggle to where we really need to be able to hire people to do the social media, hire people to be doing the podcast notes, to be doing the... Well, thankfully, we have the person that's sponsoring our two seasons of the podcast and that hasn't gotten started yet and helping with the rebrand. But there's so many little details that go into running this ministry that I can't keep asking people on a volunteer basis. I need to be able to start building an actual team. So I would just encourage anyone, if you have financial resources and you would like to know how you can pour into Mama Bear, we're going to be getting uh, just very robust financial plans put together of what we need to run this ministry like a real ministry instead of just a bunch of volunteers. Because I, I really think that that's, that's kind of what's limiting us right now. And it's like, we're, we're kind of like the duck that's paddling furiously underneath the, yeah. <laughs> the surface that it looks like we're going along smoothly, but there's only a certain amount of time we can keep up this pace without, without being able to compensate people for their time. That one would be a huge one. And it, it's honestly, I, I need to learn. I need to learn about fundraising. I need to learn about all the business aspects. I've been so focused on the, on the ministry aspect and I don't want to neglect the ministry aspect for the sake of the financial, but we do need the financial. Makes so, sense. and I, I recommend, yeah, people to go to, we have a, a page on the mama bear page that's on prayer requests that I try to update periodically. So if you want to just check to see what we're needing for there also, feel free to check that out. Awesome. Very cool. Well, as we finish up, so I like to kind of wrap things up with sort of a fun, random question. So Hillary, <laughs> When you go into the grocery store, what is an aisle that you have to absolutely avoid? Because if you don't, you know you're going to come home with something you really don't need. So what, oh. what do you have to kind of steal yourself away from? Mine's not as much as coming away with something I don't need as it is like increasing in myself appetites that I cannot fulfill. <laughs> and that is basically anything with sugar. I've discovered that sugar just really wreaks havoc on my body. Mm. And it just makes me feel sick. Mm. And when I've gone off of sugar for a long period of time, then when I have sugar, it gives me flu-like symptoms. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a, a great like immediate hand slapper for having sugar. So I cannot go down the candy aisle because <laughs> man, stuff like I got to say, if I could just have one candy, besides chocolate, of course, besides yeah. chocolate, if I could have one other candy, it would be Sour Patch Kids. Oh, really? And it's like basically melted sugar with sugar sprinkled on top. So <laughs> with <laughs> some citric acid tossed in for fun. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I love that sour taste. So it's like I can't even look at those or else I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just have 
you know, it's just bad. And I, and there's no sense in longing for something that you can't have. So very true. Very true. Well, this has just been awesome. Do you have any final parting words of either encouragement or just anything you want to get out to our listeners before we wrap up this 50th podcast? One of the things that has kept us going, and this is something that Rebecca and I talked about at the very beginning, was what we call breadcrumbs of encouragement. Because for a long time, we didn't have any feedback. Doing online ministry is so different than meeting with people in person. You can't see facial expressions. You can't have conversations. And so every now and then when we would start getting really discouraged, we would just pray and ask for another breadcrumb. Mm. And we would get like that one single email that says, thank you, you know, for what you're doing. My life has been impacted by this. And then they would list something specific. I just got one the other day for the quality. Actually, I got it either today or yesterday for the quality quarantine series. I was going to send it to you. And it was one of those things where I never really knew kind of what feedback we were getting for the quality quarantine series and having someone say, thank you so much for doing this. It just means the world. So I just want to say, interact, interact with us. Even if you're posting a comment, we read every comment that goes out. And all of those are like the kind of fuel that we need to to keep going. Because again, when when you're not being motivated by bringing in money, which we're not, we bring in enough to pay some people 500, you know, less than 500 a month. But the thing that we're we're going for is we know we we want to know that this is impacting real people mm-hmm. in real ways, and we love hearing about that. So I would just say, shoot us a line just to tell us how you're using the information and how the discussions like, are going with your kids too. I mean, that's yeah. we love hearing those stories, even if it goes terribly. You know, it's one of those things where it's so beneficial to us because it's like, okay, wait, maybe we need to reach out maybe on this topic more, or how can we reframe mm-hmm. this? It is. Any sort of input is so constructive, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, just so we can help tailor where, uh, know where your needs are and how we can help best meet those needs. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's why we're doing what we're doing. I've kind of joked around with my husband that, you know, our our rewards are in heaven, so we're stocking <laughs> up for, you know, for then, and that's okay. It'd be nice to be able to, um, to eke out a meager living in the meantime, but either way, I'm, we're not going to stop what we're doing because... I believe this is what the Lord's called us to. But yeah, those words of knowing how this has impacted you are really, really helpful to keep us going on the times when it just kind of feels like, am I just talking and no one's listening? And yeah. Yeah. Well, and one thing that that comes to mind here is I know with quarantine right now, we're, we're not able to do this so much in person, but I know Hillary, you have done speaking engagements before at other churches too. And so that may be something that folks aren't aware of is that, Lindsay does amazing work with yeah. different worldviews and that sort of thing. So mama bears were were also available to help and go out to other churches, would you say, mm-hmm. and even speak toward mom groups, conferences, that sort of thing, which can also be requested through the website. Yes. Awesome. So if you if that is something that would be beneficial to either your women's ministry, uh, your if you have a church conference going on, you know, the mama bears are available to help build up and yeah, we're available. So please go through the the website. And Hillary has just been so awesome to be able to sit and kind of interview you a bit for for this ministry. <laughs> I know it's it's been hugely impactful onto my life with my kiddos and everything. And we are just we're so excited for what's going to happen in the future and how this ministry is going to grow. And we just we're fully dependent on. God for all of this, just for for shaping it. And we are just so excited, listeners, to have you journeying on this path with us because it, it's yeah. just, you're such a blessing to, to have in our lives. And we just, 
thank you for allowing us to pour into your life a little bit each each day and with each podcast and and blog post that's out there we just we thank you for for being there Oh, one more thing that I know Lindsay will kill me if I don't mention. Um, so I mentioned just the financial stuff. If you're interested in donating to Mama Bear, we have two different ways. One of them is tax deductible and the other one is not. So we have a Patreon page that's, um, I think it's Patreon forward slash Mama Bear Apologetics. And that, that can be linked from our website. And then we also have a tax deductible way that goes through an online giving. And so if you like what we're doing, if you see the benefit of it, and even if you would like to contact me personally to say how how can what are your needs and stuff and, and have a you know a Zoom meeting, I'm fine with that. But we also have a place on our website. If you go to the website and it says donate, you can click on that and it gives you the option between those two. Yeah, I knew that Lindsay would kill me if I didn't mention <laughs> where to go if you're wanting to uh, donate That's financially. Helpful. Yes, that is helpful. So but yeah, www.mamabearapologetics.com is our website and mama is spelled M-A-M-A. I've gotten all sorts of wacky spellings of mama (laughs) from people. Just clarifying that. Awesome. Well, folks, we are going to wrap this one up. If you have enjoyed this interview, we actually have others coming. I just finished one with Julie Lose who contributed to the Mama Bear book and we've got the other contributors I'm going to be interviewing just to get to know who are the mama bears, what their passions are. And so if you have enjoyed this, I encourage you to check out our other podcasts for the ones that are up and coming because we will be releasing those shortly. So we just thank you so much, Hillary, for taking time out to share a little bit of, of you and, and your family. We look forward to what's coming. So we will. Yay. yay. Happy 50th Happy, anniversary. I know. I should. We should have had confetti. I feel so bad. So. Yeah. All righty, folks. Well, we will talk at y'all later and stay tuned for our next podcast, which is either going to be an interview or we will be wrapping up our Doubting Dawkins series. So thanks to you, yep. everyone, for joining us and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together.